Welcome to Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. I am Amy Gray Cunningham, your host for today, and I'd like to welcome Carolyn Ligo. She is my mentor and friend. She is a mystic Christian and a rainbow warrior, and she's going to tell us all about her book and what the rainbow warrior means. I can't wait to hear her fabulous story. I've read her book, and let me tell you, it is phenomenal the things that she's been through the things that she's seen the things that she's done and her journey of spiritual transformation you want to talk about spiritual transformation carolyn has been there done that seen it has gone from the good little girl that had never really dampened the water or wanted to mess up anything and she was always you know very a rule follower and wanted to make sure that she did all the right things and followed the rules. And then she was, well, I'm going to let Carolyn tell her story because she tells it so much better than I do. And especially in the book, it was just, you had me in tears in so many different places. Oh, it was amazing. And I truly am honored that I was, I, I had, I got to read it. So tell us a okay. little bit about you. Amy's a very special lady. I just want you to know, and I'm very proud of her. She's on the spiritual path of service and helping all of us. We may all start out as just normal, regular people, but sometimes some spontaneous things happen to us that change our lives. I was born in the Midwest, Christian, very strict mother, prayed on her knees, dad agnostic all for science and so forth. So I have the dichotomy of faith and science, which is always in my aura of uh, trying to understand consciousness in life. As you know, in life, there's three forms of consciousness. There's our waking self, there's our sleeping self, and then it's our dreaming self. And that dreaming self is a, a blending of the unconscious and the conscious coming together and sometimes it's more awake and you can have visions and understanding or sometimes it's just it's a nice pleasant dream and, and goes away and is forgotten when i i was always an artist i'm an artist so you can see my doggies up there we moved from the states up to canada i fell in love with a, a marvelous fellow brian craig who was uh, he was an Aquarian, unpredictable, dramatic, dynamic, intense, wonderful guy. Very good looking too, by the way. Oh yeah, he, he was a rounder. I mean, all the girls loved him and he, he had many girlfriends. <laughs> that <And>, you said. <laughs> and, but we had a meeting of the mind. He understood me and I understood him and helped each other along the way. So eventually, after all this and that, and all the relationships, we were going to get married, okay? And so I'm at Michigan State at this time, transferred from Carnegie, because I, I wasn't sophisticated enough to be an artist when I first started out in college. So I went to, to Michigan State to become normal, <laughs> like the girls that I was raised with. <laughs> and my sister was there then, that made it nice. He came down, we decided that we were going to get married, was, you know, it was beyond belief nobody believe it but that's the way it was going to be so he went back to canada so it was exam time of christmas 
and we were supposed to go up uh, to Canada for his parents' uh, 25th wedding anniversary. It was a big black and white tie gala affair where we're going to announce our engagement. So that was the plan. I'm still at university, finishing up my exams, and I'm in my bed and my dorm room by myself. And then all of a sudden, spontaneously, my third eye opened. Now, I know a lot of you may not know about all this. There's an energy saying, you know, the Indian people, they have that little red dot on their forehead. Mm -hmm. That's the entrance of God. And that's when you learn to go inside yourself and realize that God is within you. And he talks to you and he gives you the wisdom of truth for what you're here to do in this lifetime. Well, I opened up, all of a sudden, this, this, this cinerama came across my forehead and I had to sit down on the edge of my bed because it was just breath. I didn't know what it was. In it, spirit told me I should go to Canada and that if, if I went and we, we went to, to the, uh, the ski lodge together afterwards with our parents and so forth, that one of us would die. Wow, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You don't want to hear that. I really got shaken up by the whole thing because I'd never seen anything or experienced anything like that. I, I could literally see pictures. It was like Cinerama. I got, I got a hold of myself and came out of the, the vision, if you want to call that. That would be a third eye experience, which is like a dream. It's a vision. It was so real. So I went and got my social security number at, at Michigan State. And I never worked a day in my life, but I was so convinced I was got a, a job to be a waitress so I wouldn't go home at Christmas so that well, we would be safe. So I called my parents and they said, oh, you're just afraid about getting married to Brian. I said, no, no, no. I had this thing. I had this thing. A day or two passed. I had got my social security. I had a job lined up as a waitress and I wasn't going to go. It was the last night before I was supposed to take the train ride up to Canada because my parents convinced me to go. And I'm, my roomie, Bonnie's sleeping in bed. So she's quiet and she's got exam the next day. So I don't want to disturb her. So I'm in bed, I'm packed. I'm trying to sleep. And all of a sudden I, I can't breathe. It's like an anxiety attack. So I get a grip. It's so, a, you know, just shake it off. So it happened again. And it was like an elephant on my chest. So I got up and I tiptoed out of the room, out into the hallway of the dorm and started walking up and down, trying to cool myself off and just like, oh, come on, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is all very exciting <laughs> and scary. It's scary because I couldn't breathe. So I went to bed again. When I got in bed, tiptoed and got in bed quietly. It happened the third time. What happened for those that have never seen spirit or understood, you've heard about angels, you've heard, seen, seen things in Hollywood and so forth. In real life, this happened to me. Next to my bed stood the angel of death. And he's standing there with the shroud and the, and the thing, and the thing you can't see his face. And he was huge. He, he was between, Bonnie was on the other side of him. And I, I looked at him, I shuddered, and I said, oh, don't be scared. He's an angel. He's the, the gatekeeper for death. You're being asked to go to die. 
and I and freak. And so I looked to the right. And, and when I looked up to the right, I saw my life. I had what you call a near death experience. I had come from a very loving family, a very generous family, intelligent. They gave us everything. My sister and I, the just two of us, Marilyn and Carolyn, treated, try to be treated equal. And I saw all these things that had been given to us, travel, education, classes, country clubs, clothes, whatever. And I realized I'd never done anything for anybody, never done anything for anybody. Everything was given to me. And I realized how spoiled I was. Remember, Angel's death standing there, I think, oh, <laughs> I'm not ready to go yet. I haven't done anything yet. And then off at the back, there was this awesome presence of God. I can't explain it. It's very hard for people who have never had a spiritual experience to understand how a presence can come into a room and you can feel it and you know it. It's being clairsentient. You mm -hmm. feel, see. And I, I have goosebumps just talking about that encounter. And it was God. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him and, and, and I said, please, God, please don't take me. I will do something. Please don't take me. And they all vanished. Next morning, I could I decide I go, I go home, even though all this strangeness has happened, weird, weird stuff had happened. I got went down to the train station and I was like in an altered state of consciousness. It was like time was just moving. And like if you ever had pot or something speed, time was just like racing by and the clouds are just going really fast. And I was like, it was just like an unreal movie set. It was just bizarre. I wanted to get on the train, but I was also afraid to get on the train because I didn't want anything to happen to Brian or me. It was more a concern about Brian. I, the train was late and it was canceled. So I had to wait. And it was like God saying, well, you know, maybe you're not going to go home. So an hour or so later came a cattle car and they put me on the cattle car because I was in Michigan State and had to go up to Toronto. I got onto a cattle car. With my, wasn't a passenger train. I had to sit on a peach box. Wow. And it had the slits you could see through. Yeah. And it was cold. It was winter. It was Christmas. It was December 19th. Wow. <laughs> and it was a night of a lunar full eclipse, the moon. So, and, and the first planet on my astrological chart is the moon. The moon is very strong in my chart. Women, the, the feminine principles and so forth. That's the first planet that affects your, your, your chart. And there it was, a full moon lunar eclipse. And of course, Brian had kissed me on a full moon and when the first time we kissed and so forth. So it really meant something. I mean, it's like a movie. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it. I didn't write this. This is true. So I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm starting, as the train pulls away, I'm starting to watch the shadow start to move across. It just so happened that I could see that moon through the slats. And as the time passed, the gala was supposed to start at nine. And obviously I knew that I wasn't going to get home until after midnight and I missed the party and missed our announcement. And so it's, oh, we're safe. So far, so good. So when I got home, there was nobody at the train station. And my parents always knew when I was coming home. Nobody's there. So I 
<laughs> the snowy was beautiful. Oh, it was beautiful. Fresh snow. It was beautiful. I, I got out and the crunch, crunch, crunch. And I went, made a telephone call, the old fashioned telephone calls with quarters. Made a telephone call, Mom and Dad, where are you? And they said, Well, isn't Brian there? He wanted to surprise you and pick you up. And I said, No, he's not here. Can you come and get me? So they came and got me. In this short sequence of 24 hours, I experienced so many paranormal things. A near-death experience, you know, vision talking to God. And then when I went home, I lay down and, and went to bed and I did what you call an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. I lifted out of my body. My spirit did. My body stayed on the bed. I was about 12 inches in spirit out of my body. Never done that before. I'm out of bed and I'm just like wired. I'm just waiting to hear something. And I did. I heard the telephone. I said, I called down the hall. Mom and dad, I'll get the telephone. I ran down the hall and went downstairs to the kitchen and picked up the telephone. It was Big Bob, Brian's younger brother. And Big Bob said, Riz is Bry there. And I said, no. He said, very seriously, there's an accident on the QEW, the Queen Elizabeth way. We think it's Brian. And it was like, oh, you freeze. Your loved one is in car accident. So I, th- I said, okay, 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 Bob, I'll come over. So my dad had a fancy T-bird that was an American import, uh, you know, the, the portable T-birds. And uh, it was a very fast car, and I knew how to drive it. I get in the T-Bird, back out, and I go down Lakeshore Drive, which parallels Lake Ontario. It's a very beautiful drive, beautiful area where we live. And this ice and snow and so forth. Well, Lakeshore Drive is the main drag, and I knew where the, the, the speed traps were. I was a teenager. I was 19. I knew, I knew where they were. I mean, I'm going over 100. I'm, I'm just moving that car so fast. And no kidding, cross my heart. Here's another phenomenal. I've had so many phenomenal experiences ever since I opened up spontaneously. I went out of my body again. I went up through the, the roof and out of the car. And I was about seven feet above. I could look down the road and see that there was a speed trap in a strange place. I had this all knowingness. It was like I was in... In, in the network of life itself and understanding. So I, 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 I drop back down into my body and I put the, 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 the brake on I, and I slowed down and I slowed through it and saw the cops <laughs> and then hit it again and boom, off, off it go and down the road I went again. And <laughs> unbeknownst to me, I did it again, up through the roof down the, they had two it was december 19th it was christmas it was parties and so forth a weekend i knowingly stepped back down into my body slowed down like long story short I get to the gate they lived in a very prestigious home on the cliff that looked out over lake ontario and oh this is a long story but it, it's a, it's fun to, it's foundational to to, to my mm-hmm. life and what happened I pull onto the driveway and there's cars around. Remember, they, the, the Craigs had just had this big hoopla wedding party. So they had guests and so forth that were in their front yard parked and so forth. The lights were on. And I pull in. Ross Craig, Brian's father, was a 
very tall Scorpio senior vice president for DeFasco Steel. Very important, very uh, impressive man. Very English, white, strong. And he was standing at the door like a, a Greek statue, like he was marble. He, he was, we had the door open. He was just standing there numb. And I see this, I walk up the steps and, and, and I look at Ross. And as I look at Ross, he doesn't say anything. He just stands there. And there are people in the, in the entrance room and you could hear them talking about mangled legs and accident and, and, and so forth and on. And I said, uh oh, there was an accident. And I looked to the right, there's their large living room. It was dark. Big Bob, six foot two, is walking up and down the, the, the oriental carpet, pacing. I go into Bob and I look up at Bob and, and he puts his hands on my shoulders and he said, he's dead. There was an accident on the QE2, he's dead. Remember, I had just spoke up to God and that I would do something. I realized in a very small period of time what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to start taking care of people. Now, I didn't get along with Marge, his mom, particularly. Um, she wanted him to marry a blue nose, the, the caliber that, that she felt that, you know, we were foreigners from America. We weren't blue, blue, traditional British blue bloods. But I knew how close Brian was with Marge and she would be devastated. So my first instinct was, I said, okay, Bob, Marilyn will be here tomorrow. I'm going upstairs to Marg. And she was in bed. She was a well-groomed society woman, proud of her very rich husband and I'm proud of her family. And she's very, I, I, I thought she was a rather cold Virgo. That was my interpretation. Everybody else loved her because she was grandma and she'd tell funny stories. And I never saw that side of her. I went up and I climbed into bed next to her put my arms around her and she was numb. And as I did that, the, the family doctor came in, leaned over, gave her a shot of uh, tranquilizer. And then her daughter, the only daughter, she had three boys and Gay, the daughter. Marg lifted up and pointed her fingers at Gay and she said, you did this to him. She's pointing at Gay and telling her that, that her daughter was responsible for for Brian's death. I was aghast because I had known about it from prophecy beforehand. And it was such a shock to me to hear Mark say that to, to Gay. I had no understanding of what she was referring to. And Gay ran out of the room crying as the events followed. But I was told in spirit then as, as my boyfriend, my first boyfriend that I had gone with, Norman Embry, took me, I said, I, I told him, I said, take me to where the accident was. This, this was after the funeral and, and, and the burial and all that stuff. And I said, take me to where the accident, I wanna see where, where he went. And when he took me to the accident, I could see the, the, the skid marks. On the QEW, the, uh, there was a big clover leaf and, and, and he was going off the clover leaf to the train station towards where I was. And he was in his mom's GTO going too fast, icy conditions skid off the, the clover leaf and went down into the, to the, the hill. You could see the tracks and God so placed a cement abutment in the center of that drain area. And Brian hit it head on, flipped out 
And that was the end of our precious Brian. It was destined, it was destiny, it was mind blowing. But as I went away, God had spoken to me once with the angel of death. Then at the funeral, Brian spoke to me. He said, I don't want to go by myself. Come with me. I nearly walked off a cliff. That's in the book. And I didn't, my family came and stopped me in, in vision. But that third time, as I saw that stuff, I was saying to God, please take me, please take me. Three times. And the third time I said, no, no, you're going to stay. And he's going to work with you on the other side. You have work to do together. For the next eight years, he stayed as a real poltergeist. A poltergeist is a playful spirit who is somebody who's died and doesn't want to go to heaven, doesn't want to leave the earth plane. It's not a ghost yet. It's just somebody caught in the astral. You know, the Catholics talk about purgatory, where they stay and so forth. It's kind of like he was in purgatory because he's stuck. And he, he wore, when I see him in spirit, he'd have his hat on and, and his regular clothes. He, he, he looked like what he does this lifetime. So I knew who it was. He turned on the record player in the middle of the night. He, he'd move furniture and chandeliers. And I wasn't afraid because I knew it was Bri just trying to make contact with me. My father, I sat down with my father. I, my father is an eminent doctor, PhD, in chemistry and very modest man, Gemini Taurus. And I sat down with, with, with Dan and I said, Dad, I'm having these weird experiences. I think you should know. And he smiled at me, he said, oh, you're like your my, my, my mom, She's Caroline. You're named after my mom, Caroline. And she had these things too. And uh, he said, I don't, it's real, I understand but just keep your feet on the ground. Don't join any weird tangent groups, study it scientifically. So I did. That was how my path opened. And one of the things he said, if something is true in nature, it will manifest itself in many ways. And when it manifests itself in many ways, then you find the truth. So I was looking for the truth, Aquarian. So I got into astrology, palmistry, handwriting analysis. I joined all these different groups, uh, Spiritual Frontiers, uh, Parapsychological Association. And I just started studying, studying, studying and meeting all these incredible people. I went into advertising and I got mad at God for taking Brian. So I said, I, you've taken my talent of love away I will never love again, but I will use my art and I will become an artist. That's how I'll use my life. I had like a Teflon heart because I was devastated after he died and went, went, went kind of catatonic for a while. But then I went back to Carnegie Tech, decided I was an artist and I became a professional artist. Got involved with the theatrical uh, actors and so forth at, at Carnegie, which are the sons and daughters of the movie stars out in Hollywood. So I just got kind of got into the whole world of entertainment and art and Andy Warhol went to tech and you know all, I just started moving into a very different world than the normal Midwestern girl, young lady who's going to get married and have children and have a beautiful family like my sister did. She had four incredible boys. They've had multiple children. She has like 22 grandchildren. 
and she handled them so well. She was a perfect mother, perfect, all-American mom, all-American family, beautiful, successful family. But there's Carolyn, the wild child. She then got very angry at God and, and said, no, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm not going to listen to what my mother said. <laughs> and I became an artist. I painted new pictures of me, and I and my mother would take them to the buzzsaw and saw them up and destroy them. She said, no, no daughter of mine's going to show herself naked. They were paying for my education, and I couldn't get mad at my mom. I loved her dearly. <laughs> so, the, you know, it was kind of a cut in, in being... The, this, this wild world of, of art and, and rebellion and, and hippie, being a hippie and so forth. I became a very successful career woman and I became the first uh, executive female at General Electric as a corporate creative director. I was put into training for management. And I, this isn't a quick little interesting story. I'm an Aquarian. We tend to be the, the, we're old souls and we tend to open the doors for others. So when I when GE hired me as a, as an executive, they sent me to executive training at, at Hershey uh, uh, for a national training labs, and there was like three hundred men, and there were two women, a little Asian girl and myself, and we divided up into groups. There I was, and we tea group, and you'd sit around with all these men. This is how they they find out who the natural leaders are. Well, I'm sitting there and none of them spoke. And I started, this is a waste of time. What am I doing here? These jerks, these wimps. So I spoke. <laughs> well, what happens when you, the first one who speaks becomes the natural leader of the group. So we had a group of about 30. So for about a week and a half, as time went by, each fellow would get in the center and they would tell their story about who they are, what they wanted to do, and blah, blah, blah. And when the circle would go silent, they'd come to me. And <laughs> no, no way. Not getting my story, no way. I bolted finally near the, right near the end, and it was my turn to do it. And I bolted, I went out the door, I refused to do it. I didn't want to tell my story about Brian, why I, why I was a, a normal quote, normal woman. So another fellow had bolted out of his group and he also was an Aquarian. He, he didn't want to tell a story. So the two of us, he was rich. He said, come on with me. And we went down to the airfield next to Hershey and got in his plane and we flew over the Hershey complex knowing that our groups are down there. We're both looking down there and feeling, ah, I've got to go. There was some kind of bonding that had happened when you work with a bunch of people, you, you get tied into their energy fields. And, and so we went back and we both told our stories and so forth. I learned from that, that one of the reasons I often got into positions of leadership was because I couldn't sit still. You seem to have this energy field. That, let's get on with it. You know, there's something to do in this life. And so that's how I became a leader and uh, had a lot of what the Jewish people would say, chutzpah, because I would, I wasn't afraid to speak about career things, but as far as speaking about my own personal life, no way. I just, that was all blocked off. It, 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 there was too much hurt and grief. But when you experience death at a young age, it gives you the perspective of what life is all about and it becomes much more precious to you. And so that's why I want to do something, to be of service, not a performer, 
but to do something, to be useful. As I'm doing through all this career and I met a big gorgeous blonde Jim House, and we'd go and we'd schmooze in New York City and all the Seagram's, General Foods, Revlon, you name it. We made a fortune together. He would print and I would design and he'd go in and he could take one of my layouts and make it sound like it was Mona Lisa. He had such a silver tongue and he was so cute. Everybody loved it. Another Aquarian. I, on my house and my chart, a house of Aquarius, I have Leo rising with Aquarius in the seventh house, Aquarius Pisces. Can you explain uh, to everybody what you're talking about when you say Aquarius and house of the rising? And Okay, and well, as, as I started studying the esoteric, as my father said, if something's true, there are many ways to find the truth. So I knew, and I had prophecy, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I knew things before they happened. So I started studying astrology. And I, I have a, a technical mind. Because, so I was able to, to understand astrology. In astrology, you have the, 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 the round chart. It's, it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile to know yourself. Above all, know yourself. It's really important to make your life experience this time. Of course, I believe in many past lifetimes. That gets into a whole other area of my experiences. But know yourself. And knowing yourself, check out different ways to how other people see you and so forth. Scan and, 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 and listen, because it, it might give you a different skew on, on, on some questions you have about yourself, but understandings. Mm -hmm. You know, we all have unique constellations of being. Every one of us is a divine child of God. He is pleased in his work. What we have to do is honor ourselves, love ourselves, not be afraid to go inside, meditate, and find out what's on the inside, because there's truth on the inside. And really, that's where the Holy Spirit dwells, and that's where your truth dwells. And by getting to meditate and go inside yourself, know yourself, then you can bloom and, and, and open up like a lotus. Now, astrology, ancient, ancient, ancient. Of course, when I went to Egypt, I have many ties with Egypt and past lives and initiations. Uh, the first astrological chart is up in the temple of Dendera. It was brought over to Egypt by the Indians uh, who gave it to the, the pharaohs. And that's where it started. Ancient civilizations. It's amazing when you go around the world and I've traveled the world. These ancient civilizations, they related to the stars and they knew about the, the big constellations and how the equinoxes and everything moved and so forth. And so they started to form the astrology chart and timing and so forth and personalities. It's like when a new growth of grapes comes and they'll say, this was a very good year for white wine, or this was a very good year for red wine. Different years, different characteristics are brought out in, in the product. And that includes us people, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a war baby. I'm a 45 war baby, so I'm against war and peace. I'm for peace and love. And that's my whole trip is, is love, is, is relationships. That we're here to help each other and, and develop uh, self-confidence with each of us to, to be your own self, to be strong. Like Amy, she gave half of her body or her, her, her kidneys to, 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 to a young man to save him. She had great faith. That, that, that this is what she was supposed to do and she's done it. And now she's doing, she's spreading the path of transformation, which is necessary for us all to go into the age of Aquarius. Every 2000 years, a new age comes. 
we are getting out of the age of Pisces. Pisces is Virgo and Pisces. Virgo, Virgin Mary is the opposite constellation to Pisces, Jesus, and kindness and love and forgiveness. And now we're moving into the age of Aquarius, Aquarius Leo. And that's the age of brotherhood and leadership and family. And where we all learn that we're all one and that there is no death, that we are all tied together. Therefore, hopefully peace will come between the, the tribes of all the different colored people and we will blend and we will respect and honor. And it'll be for the personal development of, 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 of each individual, how they're evaluated by love and by kindness. This is what the age of brotherhood is about. It's a, going to be a glorious 2000 cycle. We presently, this crazy COVID thing is, seems to be, it's devastating, it's horrible, but it's the transition period between the old age and the new age. It's where the old age systems, governments are breaking down and new life is coming in where it's gonna be maybe more socialistic, more you know, together and so forth. If, if you go back in, in your Bible and you, you remember when the, uh, Moses led the, the, the Jewish people out of Egypt mm -hmm. through the desert for 40 years, he went, when he went up the mountain to get the, the, the new laws, when he came down, the people were worshiping a, a, a little golden calf. Well, that was symbolic of the age of Taurus that they came from, or Taurus Scorpio that they came from. And now they're moving into Aries and I can't think, Libra, the law that the Jewish people brought in. Mm -hmm. So it's a transition period. And that's what we're in. So we just have to have faith. Like in the last book of the Bible, in Revelations, it says at the end of the age, if you look at your Bible, at the end of the age, we are at the end of the age, the Piscean age, we're getting ready for the new age to come, for the new yeah. religion, so to, to, you know, Jesus to come back, the, the, the prophesize and usher in our evolution, because mm -hmm. society is evolving, we're evolving. Yeah. And that's what we're here to do. And so we just have to be patient, be the best we can right now, bear it. You know, the, the, the COVID is, if, if you notice, if you could get on top of the mountain, just look down and be objective instead of emotional. It is bringing the different countries together because we have to support each other to help heal each other. That's yeah. the only way we're going to survive. And so instead of being all different countries and separates, it's starting us to become the global family, which will be important as we start going into space and and you know, way beyond that, that's just beyond my mind to, to deal with. That's what's gonna happen. You know, that's gonna be evolving. We're just we're just a little specks of time, we're nothing. There is a purpose for all this, and we are evolving. And life is good, it's wonderful. And you have to treasure the, the beauty of nature of spring and owls outside of the window. You asked me what uh, a rainbow spirit people what I am, a, a rainbow warrior. Mm -hmm. In past lives, I went back and uh, I went out to Hollywood and I was going to do, the, I, bought, I purchased the rights to a best-selling book called, Init <laughs> called Initiation by Elizabeth H. She had, uh, wrote a book on her past life story going back into Egypt and, and being initiated and so forth. And I corresponded, re responded to that. I felt the same. And so I went, I bought the rights, went out to Hollywood because this was my mission to, sh 
to share with as many people as possible what I'd learned about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, basically prophecy, healing, and discerning spirit, because I can see spirit, good bad, spirits and bad spirits. It's, it's, just, it's just something that, uh, that I have. People can develop these things if you want to, I guess. Most of us have some paranormal experience somewhere in our life. I just happen to have a lot more than most people. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out to Hollywood and, 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 and did it, but it, and, and it involved uh, Egypt. So I went to Egypt and I went into all the pyramids and I was treated like a princess when I went to Egypt. Uh, I was escorted by, by the governmental people uh, since I, I wanted to do a film in Egypt, I got to meet Alam Alak and Shadi Abul Salam, these fabulous Egyptian men who worked with uh, Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton doing Cleopatra. I flew around. I had a Mercedes with a driver. They took me to all the temples. I had access with a private guide into all these temples when nobody was there so that I could have, I could feel it. I could relate to it and see it for, for the movie and so forth. And of course I got in at, at the end of all these incredible places I went, I felt right at home. I mean, I just, I, I just felt, I knew, I knew. You've been there before. Yeah, and when I, when I went into, into the, the Great Pyramid up into the King's Chamber with Frog, my, my guide, who was, who was all knowledgeable about the movie world. <laughs> yeah. so sweet. We went into the, uh, the King's Chamber and I sat down next to the sarcophagus, which is the burial sarcophagus. Now, all the people say, you know, that this was a burial tomb. The Grand Pyramid is not a burial tomb. It was a tomb for initiation for the higher spirits of the leaders of the country to become, to help promote Mat, peace for the people. And it was like a big energy machine. And I do believe maybe that we had some extraterrestrial help because when you go there and you see these, tons of blocks of granite blocks with just a fine line cut and how they lifted them all it's just beyond all architecture architects still can't figure out how they did it yeah they they schemed but i, I think the ets came and, and so 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 be it, it there are uh, ets out there but that's a whole nother story when i sat next to the sarcophagus i went into a past life vision of my initiation there when I was back there in a past life. And in the Egyptian initiations, you go through life and death experiences. It concentrates on your energy centers. And there's seven of them, basically. The, the first one is red, which is when a soul comes in, that he wants to survive. It's the color of survival, it's red. So when you realize that you wanna live, that's important, we're red. <laughs> The next thing is when you need energy, the next chakra center coming up is orange. And that's your sexual energy. It's your energy, your potential ability to go and, and do life. And, and it's your reservoir of, of energy, orange. Then comes the yellow, which is your spiritual center of the solar energy of, of helping people, reaching out and being optimistic and interrelating. Mm -hmm. Then comes the heart. The heart is green, <laughs> it's not red. The heart is a green center, strange, yeah. which is a complementary color in, 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 in what you get into art. And it's the meeting place 
because below those are the, the physical chakras, basically of energy and so forth. Above them are the spiritual ones, because then when you get up to the next one, it's the blue and that's for communication, for speaking mm -hmm. and working. And then the next one is the indigo, which is the, the, the third eye where you start tuning into yourself and finding out who you are. And then the last one is purple, which Amy's wearing today. This is the high spiritual, where you have union with, with God, with spirit. And when all these energy centers are lined up, you become a rainbow person because you have all the colors in your body working. And then all those colors are like the spectrum. It's like this. It's like this. It turns into light. All the colors come in. And when they all come out, it's light. And we become a rainbow light being enlightened and energized to be spiritual people, to be here to help and to bring light and, and truth and wisdom to the people. Jesus had it. Uh, Gandhi had it. All the great spiritual leaders have it. I was raised... I'm a Christian. Jesus is very much a spirit that, that works with me and that I work with him. That's what a rainbow light being is. And that's what all of us are eventually trans migrating through lifetimes and so forth to enlightenment. Yeah. Now, in, in past lives, okay, I went back. I, I know my past lives. I have that ability to go in and just to see. And when, when I capture these past lives, it's to understand a, a learning lesson. I've been a man. I've been a woman. And it, you, you get to know how these principles of, of life uh, act in life. Some people, okay, when my, my dear friends in Chicago that I grew up with, the girls I grew up with, they got the book and they read it and they're, they're all good, good, normal women. They had beautiful families and good church going and wonderful community people. When they read the book, it boggled their mind. They, they couldn't believe that I went through all this, but I did. But the interesting response, the main thing that I got uh, was, was Jane, she and I went to the, to the Congregational Church together. Our, our parents were friends. And she says, now, Carolyn, when my mom died, I know she went to heaven. I believe in heaven. And I believe that that's where I'm going to go. But I cannot believe that once I get up there, that I'm going to come back down here again <laughs> and yeah. do it again. I don't want to do that again. I, I just don't think that's possible. So I said, okay, Jane, let it be, so be it. Mm -hmm. But there's another way to look at past life uh, stories that, that you can find throughout your body. And that is in the DNA. Carl Gustav Jung was the cohort with, with Freud, a, a doctor of psychology. He came up with the theory of the collective unconsciousness, that all of us have an, an evolving, uh, have learn many of the same things just in different ways but mm -hmm. it harmonizes all of us and brings us together and in our dna and in each individual we have all of the memories of our ancestors what they went through and so maybe instead of me being back there in egypt and going through it maybe one of my ancestors did that and i'm just tracking that from through my dna it really doesn't matter if the soul keeps transmigrating, which I think it does. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. or if it's just in the DNA. I believe that we're here to, to become the best people we can. And that and to, that just, not to worry what, what's going on right now, just to be the best that you can right now. Mm-hmm. Be a, a optimistic and, and know you're never alone. God is always with us. There's an invisible world. I mean, just think of all the TV, radio, uh, all the messages that are going on. They're, they're out there in this invisible world. We can't see them. But there's also a spirit. Our angels, our loved ones, they can come to us. You can feel their presence. You may not be able to see it. That's that's why I say the seen, the seen and the unseen. And when you can merge both the invisible and the visible, it makes you feel really whole. And you are whole. That, that's what life's all about. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience that we're that we have. And treasure this 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 life that's so such a gift. And it goes so fast. It goes so fast. Let me ask you, if someone wants to get in touch with someone who has passed, say their mother or grandmother or child, how would they go about doing that? Or how do they open up their third eye to see that? Or This is third eye. This is the, the indigo, dark blue color energy center. It comes when you learn not to be afraid of yourself and to go in and learn to be still and meditate. You have to learn how to exercise those muscles of inward reflection. It's a journey of self-discovery. And when you learn to go inside yourself and you learn that you love yourself, surprise, you know, you, you forget all the sins and so forth, but you realize how precious and how good that there, there's really good stuff. There's everything inside you to know. When you go through that process of, of, of becoming enlightened, so to speak, in love, within yourself, then you can close your eyes in in a meditative state, close your eyes, get into a yoga position with a straight back in very quiet space, and then look look up into your third eye area with your eyes closed and ask, mom, will you please come I would like to talk to you and share some of my thoughts. Are you proud of me and what I've done in, in, in this life and so forth and on? And then you wait and you wait and you wait for spirit to come up and, and to speak to you. And eventually, then you start dissolving and you come, you start becoming one with all. And she can either come in through your heart or you may be clear sentient like I am and feel seen outside of yourself. And that's how you do it. It's, it's, you have to first of all start to know how to love yourself and calm yourself so that you can get into this altered state of consciousness. And then you, they come. You, can, you have to ask, you know, ask, you have to ask, knock on the door and ask, come, come. Seek and your mind. Yes, exactly. exactly. I've read, I've read, and I've heard that people on the other other side in the afterlife they really want to communicate with us. However, they won't impose themselves if we don't believe. That's true. And, and sometimes they they show us signs, but we tend to disregard them as that really didn't happen, or we try to justify it, which can keep them from actually coming back sometimes. Does that? Yes, happen? yes, that's true, Amy. It's, it's building faith. When you get a, 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 a 
you're doing something and you get an inspiration, you hear something from the inside to, say, to do it this way and you do it and it works out that it's successful. Mm-hmm. When God gives you a bigger something to do and you say, oh, I can't do that or that's not possible. You think back on the little things that, that were true and you give it a chance and you say, okay, let's trust, let's have faith and let's try it. And then surprisingly, it works. So that gives you self-confidence in being true to yourself and not worrying about what other people are thinking. By understanding your own truth and your own experiences and honoring them. Yeah. That's what's important. You know, many people can't believe that I could see and, and, and experience these things and so forth, but it's true. When I work with Duke Medical Center uh, in, in Durham with Dr. Bill Rollins, the, 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 the great clairvoyance of mediums and people who, who work with spirit on a, on a daily basis and, and that, that, that they're really, that's really what their calling in life is, they have enough faith within themselves, confirmation that what has been told to them but on the other side has turned out to be true, that it validates and gives them confidence to keep going and so forth. It's a very uh, confirming, wonderful thing to, to, to know that you're loved and never alone, that they're there. And you, you can look at a photo of, of like a Carolina Otto, a dear friend of mine, another Aquarian gal that's on the other side. I miss her friendship so much. She was, we had so much fun. But I know she's there and when we smile and she'll sit on the side of the bed and we'll laugh and we'll giggle. You just feel all part of, of nature, of one with, with God. And, and uh, it, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Now, I have to say, to bring a, a perspective into your question about speaking with spirit and loved ones on the other side, Probably about four years ago, I started to get rather depressed. I've done all these things. I've gone to Hollywood. I've written books. I'd worked on a TV series on the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And I've met most incredible people. I've been all around the world and what have you. And I felt like I'd done it all. Yeah. I had had a wonderful marriage. Eventually, uh, I married a, an Englishman. Uh, Derek Ligo, who was 20 years my senior, he had been married twice before, had seven children, so I didn't have to have any children. He had all the children, and they loved me, and, and I loved them. He was wonderful, and he wrote a book on his called The Arrogant Colonial, and so I watched him go through writing, because I, I was never a writer. I was an artist. In fact, I, I never considered myself as a verbal person, because I watched him do it. It gave me the, the, the confidence to, to, to write the book. That was the last thing I could do to, to share with as many people as possible. And see now, Amy's helping me share to some of you. And uh, I know it's, it's, it seems quite amazing. But the point I wanted to make was I got depressed because I felt that I had done everything that I had to do here on this earth. And I was ready to go. So one night, I got into a depressed state of mind. And I went into, into an altered state of, of consciousness, into a meditation. And I saw my beloved Derek up, up there in, in, in heaven, up there in his little bubble up there floating around. And he was with war soldiers that were still wounded. He, he fought in the World War II. And he was a wonderful man. And he was there and he was 
trying to heal them and get them to stand up and, and, and get reinvigorated. And I went up to him and I said, I want to be with you. I, I, I've, I've had it. I've done it all. Mm -hmm. He didn't have no part of it. <laughs> he had always been a very loving and always embraced me. Loving. No, he became like an Indian statue. You know, he, and he said, no, you go back. You go back into life. You go live. And he pushed me out the door. Oh, I was shocked. <laughs> he didn't want me. He didn't want me to be with him. No, I still had things to do. So he pushed me back. And so I had came back. So there's sometimes when your, your loved ones on the other side have to be cruel to be kind. And that's what he was doing. He was, yeah, so it's, it's not always, you're not always going to get a, a loving <laughs> embrace. You're going to get a reprimand, you know, it's time to do this or go find that, you know, what's the next step? You know, they try to get us to be responsible for ourselves, self-reliant, believe in ourselves, know that there, there's goodness, goodness is pervasive and uh, to, to grow and then to share and to relate to others and uh, to spread your light and your goodness. Yeah, spirit, spirit works in different ways. So they brought in a, a young man that's 20 years my junior. I'm a cougar now. He's, he's kept me attached to the earth. He reminded me that I'm human to hear and to enjoy earth and, and so we're building a wonderful garden together and i'm just enjoying nature and not having to do something big and important just, just little things here and there and that's just what i have to do now so that's fine i think we get to the point where our calling is just to enjoy and to be and to live i think we're all here to live our divinity through our humanity and just experience who we are and live in the moment. And that's exactly what you're doing. So I love it. And so are you. And so are you, my dear. I'm very proud of you. I'm so proud of you. But tell the listeners how they can find your book. Because. Well, it, it, that book was written only for 50 people because I did not change names. I left everything, the real names and so forth. So I'm very liable in it. So it, it's a book that's it's kind of secret. Oh. So I mean, it gets in the wrong hands. But if somebody wants to buy it, I have to have, they're specially printed up. They're, they're, they're big. Here, this is what it looks like. It's, it's, it's a big book. It's mm -hmm. a big book. And it has all, cause I'm an artist. I had, I have photographs and so forth in it to, to explain all the, the, the adventures and so forth. Cause I travel all around the world and, and it speaks about all that. Uh, in 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 the real world and also in the spirit world. So if people want to 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 get it, I guess uh, they would uh, contact me at uh, cligo22 at aol.com and say what book, and it would cost you with with shipping. It'll cost you about fifty dollars to 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 get it, and it's it's a big thing. But it's heavy paper, <laughs> and it's big print, and it's got color in it, <laughs> and it's and it has the initiation, the Egyptian initiation in it. It speaks about my great adventure, the great adventure, the great people that I've gotten to meet and the learning lessons. It's very, it's, very interesting. I actually, I know we've done it, the astrology chart before, but I actually did it again. And it was, it was interesting to see what my numbers were. Oh, numerology. Numerology, numerology. yeah. 
if people want to get a numerology reading, uh, I can talk. They can talk to me about getting a, a numerology reading. I will do a numerology reading uh, and blend it together with with a, a, a an astrological chart. <clears throat> You're putting me back into business again, honey. <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did. I mean, we had, uh, we had dinner, and there was a group of us at your house, and we did all that. We did all that. That was quite fun. I enjoyed doing that. Well, numerology is a fascinating thing, and Einstein said it's all numbers. And when you look at these scientists uh, at, at Carnegie Mellon, when I went to school, I mean, they're they're working with all the NASA guys and all these little machines. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, and they're all with numbers. It's just mind blowing, and um, the principles. I'll go back to, to Egypt and Pythagorean and the ancient ones. There, there's, there's great wisdom that was uh, given to, to mankind and uh, is being used now in many different ways to, uh, to bring us together and to understand what's, what it's all about. But we're in the process of, of becoming whole, a whole world, a whole family uh, with the age of Aquarian. And, and that's, that's good. And uh, the, the paradigm of, uh, of walls between different people and so forth that, that's starting to break down. But education is absolutely essential. It's amazing to me how the number, it's, it's all rooted actually in, in science and numbers and energy uh, and energy and with doing the Akashic record readings that, I'm, that I've been doing, it's, it's all rooted in physical and it brings all the woo woo <laughs> for lack of better words from the fifth dimension into the third dimension and living and grounding it into the third dimension, which is fantastic, I think. Um, tell, tell us about your Akashic records. Well, I do the Akashic record readings. It's called Soul Realignment. It's a particular modality of the Akashic record readings that Andrea has created. And it basically takes you through who you were created at soul level in the fifth dimension. So, because in fifth dimension, there isn't a time. So you basically go back to when your soul was originally created to find out how God created, what kind of ingredients in the recipe of you, which is kind of cool. And then you, you find out, um, I go through blocks and restrictions that you've created over many past lifetimes and also in this lifetime. And we clear those to help bring you back to your original blueprint of who you are and you know half of the battle is awareness and once you're aware of something then you kiss yourself to, yes it's all about like you said getting to know yourself know thyself and how you were created and how you manifest and and there are many ways to the truth to finding it and, and uh yeah. you're working through the akashic records to help people find that uh their truth their understanding to for them to look and see themselves from a different perspective mm -hmm. and keep an open mind and, and ruminate about it. You can do it through the numerology and find the constellation of, 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 a, of a life soul there. Of course, obviously through uh, astrology, which is very uh, intense, mm -hmm. but into past lives too, for those who don't know about it. Uh, and handwriting, you, you can learn a lot by just by understanding the, the lines and the curves and so forth about a person's personality. Wow. Uh, palmistry. I mean, I'm, I'm a palmist. And I find that doing palmistry and numbers is the quickest way for me to, to assess somebody. And of course, when you go to a party, do me, do me, do me, do me, you know? Oh, really? <laughs> 
and uh, it's some, you see things sometimes that you don't want to see and mm-hmm. very careful. It's a great responsibility being a seer, being a reader. Uh, it's not something that, that you play with and a little bit of knowledge can be a very dangerous thing. Yes. So uh, it, it's best to go to people that, that have been uh, accredited in some way uh, of, of having wisdom and uh, ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it, it, it helps bring you on your path to give you more confidence, giving you confidence to be yourself, to love yourself and to uh, go, go do, go do or go be, or just to, to sit. Uh, so many, I, I do past life. I mean, I do uh, diary paintings and so much of my diary paintings that I've done in the past are always the path of where I'm going and what and so experiences and so forth and so forth. But now as a senior, 76, old lady, I'm an elder now, it's being pretty much just planted here now and just being and enjoying and listen to the owl outside and knowing that he's, he's a, a, a symbol of Athena. When I was a young girl, one of my first dreams I had was this remarkable dream of being by a tree that had all these owls, a zillion owls. And I had to understand what that meant. And that was in this lifetime that there was a lot of wisdom to learn. Uh, while owls symbolize wisdom. Having your little owl outside the window, Amy, is, 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 is quite a, a nice little accent for us to, to, to enjoy. It's kind of spicing up the reading, so to speak. He's there, <laughs> he's there, he's with us. <laughs> I'm sure he's sending some vibes into us all. <laughs> but when you go on, on the spiritual path, I mean, we all have the physical bodies of live in time and space on, on the physical plane. But when you, when you start working on the higher levels of consciousness and uh, realizing that it's separate from the body, but it, it works with the body, it just com- completely enriches your life. And whatever faith you, you're in, there's truth in all of them. I was raised, uh, the, the main saying, in my house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would tell you so. So where I go, you go. And so that's the way it is with all of our different mansions, the Islamic being a Buddhist, being a Christian, being a Jewish, whatever. But we're all climbing up the mountain. And the closer we get to, to, to God, the more similar of our past become uh, and greater understanding comes. And uh, what God created us all for is, is I think the enjoyment of the experience of, of living and uh, sharing and, and seeing and touching and and in low points just get your rainbow colors out and just start painting and playing with color and feeling the color and let it speak to you like amy's wearing her purple and i'm wearing my blue which is the throat chakra for communication so that i can communicate clearly with you <laughs> oh there's so many wonderful wonderful people out there that uh have come before us and now we're, we're the gatekeepers for the Aquarian age. And whoever's listening, you may not realize it, but you're a star child. And you're one of those starting to, to move into to, to, to the future, into the light of brotherhood and a greater understanding. There is no death. It's a transition in consciousness. Never fear death. It's, 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 they're, they're there. They're just on a different vibration. Well, one question I'm going to ask all of my guests is if you could sit in a park bench with someone and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why? 
I talked to Lincoln. I'm a relative of Lincoln's. Uh, he was a, an Aquarian and he, 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 his wife was a visionary and he had the, excuse my vernacular, he had the balls to, to uh, do what he had to do. I tried being a medium once, allowing spirit to come in inside me. I can discern spirit and, uh, and uh, I allowed some men that came in that they were on the Kennedy side, but not, not Lincoln. I, I, I'd rather like to know how that man went through his life and coming from such a humble beginning, how he, his truth emanated and, and went out into the country and he was put in a position of power to help our nation grow and to, to thrive and to, to, to be what it is. And may our country continue to, to grow uh, with wisdom and have the, the, the leadership that we need. I had the privilege of living next to uh, Beverly Gleason, Jackie Gleason's wife, after he had died. And she told me a story. You may not know, J Jackie Gleason was a Pisces. He was highly creative and very spiritual Pisces. And he had a huge paranormal library, fascinated by all these things. And he was a great golf player. And one of his buddies down in Florida was President Nixon. So Nixon and, 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 and Jackie Gleason would play golf and, and they talk about these things. And one day, true, true story, one day Nixon said, uh, I, have, I have something I want to show you. He said, so get ready. Uh, the black limo pulled up in front of their house and, and Jackie jumped in dark windows and so forth and off Nixon and he went down to Miami. And in Miami, they went to the warehouses and uh, saw things. That afternoon, late that afternoon, the door opened and Beverly's home and in came charged Jackie straight to the Scotch liquor department, poured himself a strong drink, sat back, was ashen white. Beverly had never seen Jackie like that. You know, he's a jovial. <laughs> and he was just blanched. And she said, what's happening, honey? And he said, Nixon took me and he opened up these drawers and there were these little ETs, these little extraterrestrials. And he said, it freaked me out. It, 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 it's just freaked me out. Beverly was a very good friend of mine. This is a very true story. You know, in fact, now, now that down on some of these unexplained shows, you'll, you'll see the reference to Jackie Gleason and, and, and Nixon and, and the ETs. But it's, it's, I, I had it firsthand. And so wow. I, I felt I had a visitation from one once and I said, no, I don't want to get involved with you. I'm having enough trouble just handling this life. I can't <laughs> handle the extra lives. But when you come back and you build some more great pyramids, I'll be all for you. <laughs> So and until they, they, they manifest uh, and show themselves in a way that we have actual interaction, uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah. Well, and that's the cool thing too, is that we get to say no and yes to any of our spiritual experiences because we do have free will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is the cool thing. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so much fun. I hope you've had a good time. And I know that my listeners have gotten a wealth of information. 
enjoyed listening to your story, especially about Brian and the true love that you guys have had, and then also with Derek. Thank you. Yeah, I've been very blessed. I am totally blessed. Yes. And I, I have you in my life and that, that you are going forward with your youth and your energy to, to share the enlightenment. May God bless you. Well, you are one of the great spiritual teachers of my life. So thank you for helping me to move forward and, and to embrace my spiritual path. I, I, I'm always here for you, Amy. You have um, blessed me in more ways than I can count. So thank you. We had a wonderful meditation group. Yes, we did. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Butterfly Kisses, a journey of spiritual transformation. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe by hitting the subscribe button. This way you won't miss it when a new episode is released. Also join me on the Facebook page at Butterfly Kisses Podcast. Here we can continue the conversations we've been discussing on these podcasts, and you can also ask questions of our guests as well. Also, if you're interested in learning more about Akashic Record readings, you can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with me on the Facebook page, or you can do so by visiting my website at amygraycunningham.com. Again, thank you, and remember, always spread your gorgeous wings, my friend, and fly. Until next time, see ya.